Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. So how did you wake up today? That's my question for you before we begin. Did you wake up just feeling energized, thinking this is going to be a great day? I've got these goals to accomplish. I'm just I'm just diving right in. It feels good. Or did you wake up just, eh, all right, here we go. Let me just get this done. I'm on the treadmill of life, just moving forward. Life is too short. You know that. We have things that hold us back all the time from moving forward, unhealthy relationships, pain, trauma that we've dealt with that freezes us from moving forward. And if you hear that word trauma and you think to yourself, yeah, I don't have anything like that. I wasn't in a car accident. Okay. That's a type of trauma, but so is when you're five years old and you hear something walking past the kitchen, uh, your parents talking and you thought it was for you and you held it. And now it's holding you back in life. You have unleashed, unleashed potential and you've got somebody to help you with that. She's an amazing life coach and counselor, and we're going to talk with her today and start this whole thing to a new life. Jessica Rebello joins us on the program. Welcome, Jessica. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I love the name of your practice, Unleashed Potential. It's so true. We have the potential to pretty much do anything, and it's all within us. And I go, I, that's the last three years, that's in my journey, I go by that. Everything I need is within me now, but it's tapping what's in you and, and maybe cleaning up some of the stuff in there to, to move your life forward. What do you hear when you talk to people, Jessica, you know, these days? What they're, what typically, what are, they, what are they dealing with? So I come from a trauma background. So a lot of people that work with me have experienced some type of trauma. So if that's, you know, someone who's experienced an abusive relationship, someone who's healing through, you know, healing from sexual abuse, unhealthy childhood, going through divorce, grief, I work with all of that. And that all falls within a trauma realm. Gotcha. And do you agree with what I, I talked about earlier, that trauma comes in all different shapes and forms? No, absolutely. And I like the example you gave when, he, you know, you mentioned like, okay, it might not be a car accident because I think a lot of times people hear trauma and they're like, no, I've never experienced that. I've never had a trauma that's, you know, that I've experienced or that's had, that has happened to me. Um, but trauma, you know, trauma is how your body programs it, right? It's like how your body makes sense of it. Even if logically you could say to yourself like, oh no, that wasn't a big deal. But if you're body saying something else, then, you know, you have to heal through that. Yeah, 100%. And sometimes you don't even know what you're dealing with. Like as a kid, you hear something, you, like for me, I know exactly pretty much, you know, what, what, um, what pilots me now. And that goes back to, I was bullied as a kid. So add that to the list. Um, you know, other stuff, not, not a horrible childhood, but you know, there's stuff there that I realized was holding me back later in life. And I, I knew for me to grow and move forward, I got to, I got to confront it. I got to deal with it. Um, what's when somebody works with you, what is the first step? Obviously reaching out to you and, and contacting you, but is it a, a deep conversation so you can get a better idea of, uh, of what they're dealing with or what they have dealt with? So my, so my first and foremost question, whenever I work with somebody is like, am I a good fit for you? Right, like this is a really challenging thing to work through and it's a really vulnerable conversation and work that I do with people. So I want to make sure what they're looking for, I fit the bill. Gotcha. And, you know, I'll talk, I'll talk more about their history and what they've experienced and what they've went through and, you know, how they kind of like use that as their worldview and how they're viewing their own trauma. 
But once they, you know, once they get to that point, they're like, oh, yeah, you're the person I want to work with me. Then, you know, we kind of go through there. It's interesting when you think about it that you're in probably in relationships that don't support you. And that's you. You're it's a relationship with you as well. You got to find the right relationship to to make your life the way it should be. No, absolutely. And I think, too, especially, you know, I, I work primarily with domestic violence you know, victims, and I work with people who are still within the relationship, and I work with people who are out of the relationship. And it's never my stance to tell somebody what to do with their life, right? Like, I can never say to somebody, like, oh, I think you should leave your husband, or I think you should leave your wife. That's not, that's not on me. But it is such a shameful thing to talk about. So, like, building an alliance with someone and building a trusting relationship where you don't feel like your life coach or therapist or whatever is going to judge you, you know, that's, that's tremendous. Yeah, a hundred percent. I want. I want to know your your background. How did you get to to this point as a renowned clinical, obviously licensed clinical social worker, and uh, you know, uh, basically centering on trauma life coach? So when I was in high school, I actually experienced an abusive relationship, and I was with you know I was with my ex at the time, you know, all throughout high school, and when I got out of that relationship, I knew I wanted to help people who were like me. You know, I went to therapy at the time. I had a guidance counselor who I talked to all throughout high school. That was genuinely my mentor. He was my go-to person. And I, you know, I, from that very moment, I just knew I wanted to help other people who had the same feelings that I was having. Mm, from that moment? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it, it was almost pretty immediate. I, I, I always say, like, the universe chose me for this profession. I didn't choose it. It just, you know, it kind of showed me what I was meant to do. So interesting because, uh, and there's nothing wrong with people realizing it later in life and then changing career paths. You know, we all have a calling, we realize it, and then we, we, we take care of it. Uh, but it sounds like you got that call way back. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Mm. Because I, 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 I knew what the pain was. You know what I mean? I knew what the pain felt like, and I never wanted someone to go through it alone. Did you feel that you went through it alone? Yeah. And, and, yeah. And I think, you know, just being in an abusive relationship is super isolating. Uh, and, you know, it's not an easy thing to talk about, obviously. Totally. So, I, yeah, I think I navigated that the best I can, you know, at 14, but yep. definitely thought I was alone. And there's, there's all different types of, of trauma that we deal with. I want to... I want to look at what I've, I've seen before in you and on your website. And um, you, you, you really, what pilots you is turning your pain into power. And that's what you help people with. Explain that. How do we, how is your pain your power? So I think, I think we all, you know, we all have the ability to label what we've gone through or label our experiences as good or bad, right? Like, us as a society, we are very good at, like, labeling things, you know, black and white, things are good or things are bad. And I, I have the belief that, like, bad things happen without a doubt, but we can't get stuck there and we can't get paralyzed by that. So, like, I have this belief that, like, we could harness the pain, we could harness those bad experiences and make good from it and turn it into something that propels us forward, that we learn from, that we, you know, gain insights from. And, you know, become the best versions of ourselves. When somebody says to you, why did this happen to me? Why am I dealing with this? You know, and, and take the victim road. And we all do it. And right. so, sometimes we need right. to in the beginning until we sort stuff out. What do you say to somebody who, and I'm sure you've heard it a lot of times before, why am I, why is this happening to me? Why, why is 
you know, my partner being, you know, abusive. Why did this situation, another situation happen to me? How do you address that? I, I try to get people away from the whys, right? Like I, I validate that and you're right. Kind of falling within a victim mentality is part for the course of within this. So it's like, okay, I could validate that for a second and we could sit within that for a minute. But like, what is the why going to do for you? So, you know, without actually answering their why, because there is no, there's no answer to that. There is no why. I don't, you know what I mean? There, there, it's okay. It, it is here though. We don't need to know the why. It's what is. We can label what is, but it's like, okay, how do we move forward from that? Or what can we take away from that? Right? Like I always, I, I have a belief that like bad experience, like we, bad experiences need to serve a purpose. There needs to be a takeaway from some from it, or else we're not able to move forward from it. And that was that was where I was going with that. That some believe that the universe puts things in our way so that we can learn, or we, there's a lesson to be learned. Maybe we didn't learn it earlier in life. Maybe we didn't learn it in maybe another life. Um, would you kind of feel that that that's that's why we deal with this challenging stuff in our lives? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I feel like sometimes the universe is there to test us, right? And it's like, okay, what is the lesson that I'm being given right now? And it's, you know, it challenges us, it tests us, but it's like, okay, what am I going to take from this and how am I going to, you know, move forward within it? You know, it's so interesting. Many of us deal with this kind of stuff and, and we'll say, I, you know, I'm stuck. I, I don't know where to go. I'm, I, I'm stuck here, but you're not. You have a choice, even though you may, and I had, I'll be honest, I had a conversation with somebody very close to me last night for like an hour in a relationship, basically saying that they are stuck. And I'm looking at it from the other side. You're not stuck. You have a choice. You can, and, and it's a, let's just say the person that they're in a relationship with for a long time is very controlling and it happened, and I'm sure you've heard these these stories before, especially you know understanding uh, trauma and everything that we're talking about. But she said, "I am, I, I can't. I mean, it's you know maybe two years into the relationship, it would have been different. But you know now you know, I'm talking like 20 years. You know I can't. I'm like, but you can. You can put up a boundary. You can say, you know, I'm not going to accept that, or please stop doing that. This is how I feel, and that's the way it is." What's, right. you know, if, if that brings on more negativity, trauma, abuse, if you will, then, then you need to make another choice you know, at that point. But we all right. have choices. We really do. No, and it's a series of choices. And it's like, how, how much do you want to, <clears throat> how much of a willing participant do you want to be in your own life? Right. Right. Like, does life happen to you or does life happen for you? And, like, you have, you have the ability to make whatever decisions and whatever choices and set, like you're saying, whatever boundaries that fit within your, your best life. Jess, you feel that if, if you had a picture of it, we're all floating down the river, and sometimes you got to, quote, unquote, go with the flow, right? Sometimes you can't fight the current. You know, it, it is, right. it's taken you. But you can sometimes decide where you want to swim, if you want to swim left swim right maybe you want to swim to an island for a little while then jump off and then start swimming some more and let the current take you the current being life does that kind of sound with you know does that resonate with you does it align with you no absolutely and it's you know i in in my work i always say like you have to ride the wave yeah right like sometimes we're sometimes we're just meant to harness it right now harness the pain harness the emotions harness the difficulties and ride the wave but just know it's not always going to be like this uh totally feelings and emotions are fleeting they're not permanent 
So it's okay. We, we could be here for right now, but I promise you it will get better. Yep. Do you feel that a lot of us have very low self-worth, if not maybe all of us in some areas, and that uh, that also puts up our challenges? Oh, 100%. 100%. I teach more about self-worth and self-love and self-esteem, I would probably say, to 99.9% of my clients. Yeah. And that's what I'm learning, that we all have a, a, a degree of that somewhere where we feel like, oh, I'm just not, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough in this relationship. I'm not strong enough to move on. That's why I'm stuck here. Um, and that's what you help people overcome. No, absolutely. And like, you could break that down into relationships. You could break that down into like jobs, right? Like, oh, I'm stuck at this job. I've been within this career for 25 years. What else am I going to do? Right. Do you know what I mean? And like, I think, I think that I'm not good enough, you know, kind of, with people forever and some, until they wake up one day and say like i can't live like this anymore i want more for myself well sometimes it takes somebody like you <laughs> to help them figure that out <laughs> and give them the yeah. strength it's like you're you're giving the you know the, the superhero their cape back um so that they can fly fly off and and move on but understanding i believe that's a lot of what you you offer understanding what's going on in your life and and why you react a certain way um you know, I, I think maybe that's half of it, just knowing what uh, what's happening in your life. Why, how, why am I here? How did I get here? Right, right. And I think a lot of people don't don't have that that piece of information, right? Like understanding their own behaviors or understanding their own reactions to yep. what they're doing or what they're experiencing. That sometimes that's all the information they need. Of like, oh, okay, this is why I'm behaving this way. Maybe I got it from childhood, or maybe I got it from my relationship, or you know, whatever it is like, okay, this is why I'm behaving this way. Okay, now I have some information. Knowledge is power. Now I can do something about it. Let's talk about some of the ways that you help people. There's different modalities, obviously, therapy, trauma therapy, and, and life coaching. There are two. Um, how does life coaching and therapy different? I, I differ. I know a lot of people wonder about that. Yeah, so therapy primarily focuses on like past issues, right? Like unresolved traumas, or unresolved issues from the past, whereas life coaching is all about the present and propelling forward and, like, the here and now. So I, I think the past is super important, but I also think the present and moving forward is also important. So I kind of take a blended approach and merge them together. And it's like, yes, we will look at the past, we will address the past, and we'll heal from the issues of the past that we need to, but we're also going to get up from that place, and we're not going to stay stuck there, and we're not going to ruminate there. But we're then going to move forward. So if we took a look at, let's say, somebody that has dealt with trauma, e- either uh, or even, you know, abusive relationship. Let's go there. You know, that's that's kind of the ex- example I was giving before of somebody I know. Um, how do you work through, let's say, somebody that's in an abusive relationship or has been in relationships like that? How does that work? So if someone, so whoever, whoever I work with, if they're in, actively in a abusive relationship, the first thing that I'll always do with them is create a safety plan. And like what a safety plan is, is like how, how that person can remain safe within their relationship. Like what, the, what they do if there's an, you know, if they have an explosive argument with their partner, where could they go if they need to leave their home, how to call 911, options they have with courts, right? Like, so a safety plan is really like a roadmap of, just options that they have that if needed, they know where to go for it. Okay. So basic, Some, basically someone, an escape hatch. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And then, you know, someone who's not an abusive relationship, what I, you know, my work with 
with that type of person is more so like I want to know what happened within that relationship and, and how it got to that point, right? Like what was, and I might get some kickback for this, but like what was their role within that relationship as well? You know, because we allow behaviors for a reason. Uh, no, and I'm not blaming victims at all. No. I'm just saying. I, we, you know. I got you. <laughs> I totally, yeah. guess, guess what? And, and this may hurt for some, but I can totally right. relate to it. It takes two. It's not always just one-sided. However, the other person in the relationship may be um, responsible for more in terms of abuse or whatever it might be. Um, But, you know, it it does take two. It's not just a one-sided, you know, passive. I'm just sitting here and then this is happening to me. No, you're you're participating to a point, you know. Highlight that, underline it, bold it to a point. And I'm not condoning what anybody does to somebody else, but there's you know it it goes both ways. And you and you're right. Let's let's um, let's confront the elephant in the room. If you're in a relationship, you allowed it. You're allowing it because you have a choice. And is it an easy choice? No, no, no. It never usually is. You've got a history with somebody. um, You know, house, kids. Uh, roots laid down. You always wonder, well, can we fix it? Can it get better? Maybe, maybe, but uh, I really believe. And, uh, you know, having understood this pretty deeply in my life, um, you know, even through others, you have to, you have to confront it. You have to see where you're at with all of it. Uh, EMDR, something else you offer. What is that? So it's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. So EMDR is the leading trauma therapy happening. But it was made in the 80s, and what it does pretty much is, like, we have a trauma that go, that happens to us that we experience, and it's usually too big for our brain to process it. Mm. So, our, so our brain ends up taking it in fragmented pieces, meaning we remember feelings, we remember negative thoughts about ourselves, we remember, like, body memories, you know, we, we, we store all of that within us. So what EMDR does is it kind of helps reprocess the brain to make the trauma not so big, make it a little bit more tangible so our really so our body could heal through it. It's like a body therapy. Thank you for that, Jess. I've never heard it explained that way. And now it's even more clear about what's going on in our minds and how EMDR can help us. Uh, it's almost like if anybody's ever used Windows computers and, and you've, you know, for years, um, you have to defragment the hard drive because exactly what you just said what ha- and nowadays, it's all automatically done in the background. But I remember back in the day, you would have to initiate it. And what's happening is, on the hard drive, it's storing information, but sometimes it gets fragmented and it's placed in different areas. And now your computer can't figure it out because it's, I got to go here for this, I got to go there for that, there, back and forth, back and forth. And it takes all of it and put it in, you know, whatever the program it is, puts it in one area. So it's easy to access. Right. So I never realized that, that, that our minds do that. They, it, it, we fragment. Why do we do that? Is, is it just that we can't handle all of it all at once? Whatever, whatever it is, trauma, you know, pain, whatever. Yeah, it's usually, it's usually like too big for our brain to even conceptualize. Right? Like our brain can't understand it, so our brain goes into overdrive. So our brain understands the best of what it can. Usually what the brain understands is negative thoughts about ourselves. Right? Like the I'm not good enough. I'm damaged, I'm not safe, I'm, right? It, there, it's usually always a negative thought that we have about ourselves of, like, what our takeaway was from that trauma. Mm. And that's what gets people stuck. 
because then we then we navigate through life feeling like, oh, I'm just not good enough, so I'll settle for the bad relationship. I'm not good enough. I'll settle for the bad job. You know what I mean? Like we then, that's our worldview. Why do we always or often center on negativity? Like, for example, walk in the bathroom first thing in the morning, look in the mirror. Oh, look at that. Look at that zit over there. Oh, yeah, my hair's getting a little gray over there. Oh, you got to lose weight. Why do we, instead of looking at the positive stuff, we look at the negative? I always wonder about that. I think we're, I think a lot of that is also society. Like, I think we're, you know, we, we've trained ourselves to always feel like we could be better or we could be more. So we're, we're seeking the negative. We're seeking the things that we need to fix or the things that we need to do better on. And, like, that could be helpful in a lot of realms, but it's, it's usually the first thought. And I also think, you know, thinking positive thoughts about ourselves, that feels really awkward and uncomfortable for a lot of people. They've never done it. They don't, they, so, like, the thought of that, the feeling of that is overwhelming. I give, I give a lot of clients that I work with, like, a homework assignment. I'm like, look in the mirror and tell yourself that you love yourself. Mm-hmm. 50% of people come back to me and say, like, I can't do it. It was too uncomfortable. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's really, yeah. I'm not laughing. I'm, that's painful to hear people even say that. Right, right. Because then it's like, are, you know, were we, were we raised that way? Were we raised to believe that we love ourselves? Were we raised to believe that we're good enough just the way we are? Yeah, yes or no. If you're lucky, you were. A lot of people weren't, though. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I, I also have a, a, a wondering that if we gravitate toward the negative because that's what uh, we were first expecting. Now, let's go back to being kids. You're two years old. You walk up to your child. I can walk now. I walk up to the dining room table. Oh, look, there's a salt shaker. What is that? Look at that. Oh, what that? This this looks like pepper or something. But let me let me reach for that. And what does mom or dad do? Hey, oh no, don't do that. No, no, put that down. Put that down. We're experienced with we experience that negativity so early in our life that it's almost as if we're programmed to think in a negative way. Right, right, hundred percent. It kind of starts that way. It's, and I also think that, like just what you said. Our, our society, where it, it, we feel guilty if we feel good about ourselves. We feel guilty if we have what could be considered a, a healthy ego. That uh, right. you shouldn't be doing that. You know, you, look at look at that one. What an egomaniac! No, it's okay. You, you you love yourself. You you would never say the things to somebody you love that we say to ourselves when we look in the mirror or just in in, in general. Oh, a hundred percent. And a, and a lot of, like you're saying with the ego, right, a lot of people will compute that as like, oh, they're just very cocky, or right. I'm being cocky, or I'm being conceited, or whatever. It's like, what about confidence? What's wrong with being confident? Why can't we be confident? That's a good thing. That's how we want to be. Right. You want to think good about yourself. You want to think positive of yourself. When I think about egos, I, I honestly, I'm going to go deep in my mind here. I can't think of anybody that has an inflated, over-the-top ego in my world. I try to think of somebody, but no, if they just, just what you said, it's more of, look at them. They're pretty confident in what they do. Good for them. <laughs> I wish we all right. could be that way. Wow. Right. Right. I, I like that. That's a good quality. Right. You know, I'm, I'm intrigued. I want to be like that. You know, it's, it's, it should be uplifting. It should be motivational when you, you know, when you see someone like that. So let's, let's look at starting the process. Um, somebody reaches out to you, they go to your website, share that with everybody. So my website is www.unleashedpotentiallifecoaching.com. And on my website, people could book with me. They could get 
you know, they could get my email, they could direct message me, they could call me, whatever works. And it can be done virtually anywhere on the planet, right? Yes, it can. Yeah. It's so important. Like we, we, we can sit around just complaining about life and being negative and being the victim or do something about it and take a step, have a conversation with Jess. And the first conversation, you know, call it the, the initial fact-finding mission to see if it works for everybody. Is that, is that, that first get-together, is that free? Yeah. So whenever someone reaches out to me, I usually uh, will do a free consultation call. And just to talk, like I said kind of earlier, like just to talk more about what they're looking for, make sure that they feel I could help them and make sure it's within my realm as well. Because I would never work with somebody that, you know, I feel like I couldn't help. You know, I, it was out of my scope of practice. Yep. And we talked a lot about abuse and a lot about trauma. You don't have to be somebody who has gone through that major stuff or in abusive relationships and all of that to move your life forward, right, in, in terms of what you offer. No, 100%. Yeah, I also work with, you know, I have, you know, young adults, teenagers, you know, just like different life issues. Like, I don't just focus on trauma, but that is, you know, it makes up a lot of my work, but not not the only thing. Well, it's a specialty, and, and a lot of times you can't find that. There's a lot of great life coaches out there and therapists, but they don't have that specialty. And, you know, good to know if somebody's dealing with that. Uh Jess, great talking with you today. Really appreciate all the insight. And uh, it, it's clear you have a lot of passion for what you do. And uh, there's no doubt you found, you found your purpose, your calling. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you, A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council.